everybody, welcome to the Launch Your Coaching Business Podcast. So today I have on the show Ellie Burrsco, and Ellie is a business and mindset coach. And I just want to say thank you so much, Ellie, for taking the time, like out of your busy schedule. I know you've probably got loads on, and um, just, I suppose, thanks a million for taking the time. So Ellie, can you just tell us a little bit about your business and a bit about you and why you got into the work that you do? Yeah, sure. Thanks so much for having me. Um, So basically, like you said, I'm a business and mindset coach. I actually started out in business seven years ago and I started as a personal trainer. And that was because I just had my daughter. I ended up losing 29 kilos in seven months. 27, that is crazy. 29. Oh my God. uh, I had no money at the time. So it was actually the easiest I've ever (laughs) lost weight. Yeah. um, Because (laughs) car and I had to run everywhere with her in the pram and uh, we couldn't afford much food so we we were really in a place of struggle but I actually learned some amazing lessons around uh, you know losing weight and around focusing on my myself and my family in that time and it was during this time that I decided to uh, start my first business because I tried to find a mum's boot camp where uh, they ha- actually had babysitting in the park to look after my daughter so I could have time out for myself. And I couldn't find that anywhere. So I was the first one to do that in my area in Brisbane. And I grew that business very significantly to multi-six figures within a year and a half. And then I ended up selling that business and started coaching. And, you know, there's a lot of coaches who coach who've never actually done anything before um i it was really important for me to make at least a hundred thousand dollars build a team build a community create a business that was systemized um, to then start coaching and that hadn't been the plan from the start but as i grew and worked on myself more i realized that's what i wanted to step into yeah yeah been doing that for about five years now um helping people to scale to six and seven figures whilst creating more freedom and overcoming any blocks that are holding them back from stepping it up to that next level yeah and uh, you're playing yourself down very much now from this conversation because i've been following you for a little while now and uh, for those who don't know ellie ellie ellie's a bit of a big shot in my opinion in the in on the business scene so and you work with a lot of people and you've got a lot of clients and you've got your own team and stuff like that so so just so that people know you're speaking from definitely a place of authority and and you without embarrassing you and i can you elaborate a bit on on the empire you're currently building i don't know if you call it an empire or how you refer to you you seem to have a lot going on at the moment yeah yeah so you know when I sold that first business I guess to go back to that I kept myself quite small for a couple of years I had some really bad mindset blocks and things that were going on and just kept myself small because I didn't want to deal with stress and drama yeah so I finally realized at the end of 2014 that I wasn't feeling fulfilled that I was procrastinating and wasting time and that I didn't want to do that anymore and I had a massive mindset shift and within three months, I ended up tripling my business. And really, ever since then, it's really moved forwards at rapid rates. And so, you know, a big thing for me is that I don't want to ever waste time. I want to um, I want to make the most of every day. And yeah. I'm, I'm a real fast action taker, and I've always loved helping people. And so, uh, I guess going back to your question in what I do, in the last year, um, in particular, my team has gone from one person to seven people. Uh, I traveled to 14 countries last year. Uh, one of them was Richard Branson's Island. I got to spend five days with him and a group of entrepreneurs, which was just 
one of the most amazing experiences of my life. Um, and I've, um, I'm about to, I've created a business that's uh, doubled last year and the year before, and I should hit the million dollar mark within the next three to six months. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now. And, and I guess really this year is all about travel. It's all about connection and time with my family and also just continuing to develop within myself to be the best version of who I can be every day and helping others to be able to transform their lives so they can not only help more people but be the best version of themselves as well. Yeah, that's amazing, Ellie. So, like, so you definitely are speaking it um, from a place of authority. If your 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 business has seen this so much success, um, I think the topic that we're going to chat about today is in. I know that you definitely are going to know a lot about this. So, and um, you're going to be a wealth of knowledge. So, basically, the topic today I want to talk about was sales, and basically people feeling petrified of the sales process. They just feel it's like icky. Um, I know myself. I started off um, when I was eighteen in a call center and I think I'm slightly traumatized from that experience so um I think even for me starting out just like did you feel like you're putting pressure on people or you don't put people in an awkward position and stuff like that so I suppose from all the coaches that you've worked with what are some of the biggest mindset blocks or struggles that you see um when it comes to selling services yeah, I can actually resonate with the call center thing. I work <laughs> You have to do it at some point in your life, yeah. isn't that like part of the part of it? But I didn't hate it. I loved it, and I was actually like the highest achiever in in yeah. all the places I worked. I did really well with it. Um, yeah, and I did that since I was nineteen. I'm thirty one now, yeah. and I did it from when I was nineteen for five years, actually, in Australia. Yeah. London. And I found that that really gave me a good foundation for starting business whereas a lot of people don't have that background a lot yes. of people go into their own business because they want to help people and they want to be a great coach and they want to help people change their lives um, but they they don't know how to run a business and they don't know you know the strategy or the marketing or the sales and all that side of it and so yeah like you said there can be a lot of blocks and limiting beliefs when it comes to sales and what I found is that these usually come from uh, our perception around money and what we've grown up with as a child. So if we look at um, our de developmental stages from zero to seven years old is the imprinting phase. And this is when we uh, form our beliefs about the world, usually from our parents. Yeah. And so whether your parents, you know, whether you've had a bad upbringing or even if it's just little things like your parents saying money doesn't grow on trees or you have to work hard for money or you have to go to uni or, um, <clears throat> excuse me, or, you know, anything like that, these things they've told to us over and over and over again. And so they stack up one on top of the other on top of the other until it forms a belief in our subconscious mind. And so then when we go into business and we start trying to sell our product or service, we have these things stuck in the back of our head yeah. that we don't even realize of mum saying when you were little that money doesn't grow on trees. Yeah. And so a lot of people feel like it has to be hard to make money or that you don't de you're not deserving of making money or that um, making money is related to uh, you know stereotypical you know call center from overseas that are calling you about something that you don't want yes and so we have these beliefs that are formed and what I see what sales is really about 
it's not about you. So it's about dropping the ego, letting go of um, your own crap, basically, and realizing it's about the other person on the end of the phone or the end of the conversation. Yeah. And when you do that, you show up and you actually listen to what they're saying and you allow yourself to help that person. Yeah. And you're not coming from a place of desperation and being like, I need to make the sale. They have to say yes yeah. or feeling rejected when someone says no, because it's not about you. It's about them. Yes. And it's about showing up, listening to what they have to say, listening to where they're at, what they're struggling with, um, how, how they feel that they need support to move forwards. And if you feel that you resonate with that person on a personality level and that you actually can help them achieve their goals, then you're doing them a disservice if you don't offer how you can help them. Yeah. Whereas if you do offer how you can help them, then you're helping them take that step forwards. But if you're not, if you're getting caught up in, in your own head or with their objections or their stories, then you're, you're saying, you're just letting them have a nice conversation where they're feeling like they've been lifted up for half an hour, yeah. but then they're going to go back to their old habits and they're not going to move forwards. So yeah. you've got to reach out that hand and show them how you can help them to move forwards so you can help that person change their life. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true because I think I think where it comes from, like the you know, say the example of the call center. I think it's when you're selling something you don't believe in or you don't fully back. You're just like you're just doing it. You're going through the process. It's a job. But if you truly believe in your service, it doesn't feel like selling or pushing or anything because you're like, oh my god, it's like when you find this really good product or anything. You're just like you need to have this, and you're like, I don't like it's not yeah. about me. Like it's like. I've basically been banging on about this uh, new mascara or this new eyelash serum I have. And I feel like I'm like pushing it on people because I'm like, I don't I feel like I work for the company, but I don't <laughs> like, I just feel like everybody, every girl leads this in their life. And I think that comes back to your own services. Like when you're, when you know that you have a product or a service that is really going to be benefit the person you're talking to, it doesn't yeah. feel salesy because you're hundred percent, you're back you're backing it like it feels right in your gut um, and I think people need to first get to that stage where they know that what they're offering is of value and I yeah. think that's a, a good place to start um so yeah. when you've got um so I suppose this I'm, I'm going to guess that this shows up a lot for your clients and um and correct me if I'm wrong or those that it does show up for how what advice do you give or how what would be the steps to kind of overcoming some of those mindset blocks yeah, so uh, there's a few things. Number one, it's looking at where these came from. So like I was talking about the things that you were told as a kid, um, whether it's the, the phrases like money doesn't grow on trees and you've got to work hard, whether you've been told those things and writing those down, and then looking at the things that were maybe not said but were uh, played out in your life from your parents. Yeah. So, for example, my dad... He's 53 now, but he's still working hard and not saying he says yes to every job. He's always just, you know, hustling and pushing himself. And he's done that since I was a kid. So I grew up with two entrepreneurial parents. They both had their own businesses. My mom's a hairdresser, had her own salon and did mobile hairdressing before that and still does mobile hairdressing now. My dad is a mechanical plumber, uh, like boiler maker welder, and has a very successful company as well. And so I grew up with, with that. And, you know, I can see the positive and negatives in both. My mum sometimes would forget to pick us up from school because she would just get carried away with working and forget the time. Um, she's gotten better with the time as <laughs> she's gotten older. Um, but we'd end up just 
getting asking friends for lifts home or walking home. Yeah. Um, my dad was always working away, was hardly ever there. Every night he would say, love you, see you in the morning, but we never saw him in the morning because he'd always be gone. And, you know, I, I, there were a lot of negatives there. and But there were a lot of positives as well. I'm very lucky to have grown up with two entrepreneurial parents and that that is a normal progression for me. I wasn't yeah. told go to university, get a job, work in corporate. I was never told that. Yeah. And so you can decide what most people do is they decide to hold on to the negatives. Oh, dad was always working, so I have to hustle and I have to push and I can never say no to people. Um, or, um, you know, mum was, you know, away with the fairies and never had a good concept of time, so I'm always late because of my mum. And, you know, we yeah. can blame it on others uh, or we can decide to take 100% responsibility for our own actions yeah. and not justify things. And so it's realising what those things are first, bringing them to your awareness of the things you were told or the things that happened in your childhood, particularly when you were younger in that imprinting phase, but also as you grow up. And then looking at the positives and negatives of both. Yeah. And then instead of holding on to the negatives, looking at the positives and deciding to choose positive empowering beliefs um, that help you to move forwards. Yeah. And so it's just a small exercise that you can do kind of I'm sharing this one because people can actually do that themselves internally. Yeah. Whereas if, you know, it's recurring stuff that you can't get rid of, I really recommend working with a mindset coach to dig into it. And this is what I do with my clients, dig into it at the root cause. I do this through NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. Yeah. When you go back to that event that happened, you look down on it and you find the positive lessons and learnings and change the perspective of what happened so that you can fully let go of that belief at a subconscious level and be able to choose the more empowering belief to move forwards. Yeah. Um, obviously, this is, you know, that's something that needs to be done with the coach. Um, but the first example I gave, people can definitely do that by themselves um, by journaling. Yeah, yeah, brilliant, brilliant. So, Ellie, if, um, so, you know, for somebody that wants to take the steps towards, so they're a new coach and they're starting out and they want to take the steps towards actually starting to put themselves out there and sell their services, what would you um, recommend as the best approach to take or the steps to take to actually making a sale? If the end goal is I need to make a sale. Yeah, totally. Uh, so, a lot of people do I call them buy my shit posts yeah yeah <laughs> they're putting up a post and it's like hey I'm a coach and I'm doing uh one hour sessions and I'll be talking about this and it's it's a hundred dollars a session and it's like no one cares yeah you know? yeah the whole purpose of marketing is to get people to know you like you and trust you and then they'll buy from you Yes. And so if you go through that process where you're actually giving value and you're talking to your ideal client and the struggles they're facing and the outcomes that they want, the goals they want to achieve, and actually giving them something of value first, for example, a an ebook or a downloadable guide or a video training or even just a valuable post on social media, they don't necessarily even have to opt in for something. But if you're putting things out there for organic reach and then also getting people to opt in so you're building your email list, that's what's important rather than just yelling, hey, this is my product. Or yeah. People don't care. Yeah. 
they care about themselves and what's in it for them and what they're going to get out of it. So that would be the approach I take. And once you've started doing that and started building that trust and that value and really sharing who you are so you stand apart from other people, then you're going to start building connections, start building a list that you can then market to. Yeah, yeah. The next step from there, once you have done that for a little while, is then offer a free strategy session where, or a free goal setting session or, you know, whatever you want to call it, where you're offering someone a session where you actually get on the phone with them and talk to them about where they're currently at, what they're struggling with, what their goals are, so where they want to be in, say, 12 months' time, for example, and then what they feel that they need support with or they need to learn or overcome to be able to reach those goals. Yeah. And just from those simple questions, they're giving you everything you need to know if they are going to be the right fit and you can help them. And from that, then you show them how you can help them, which is obviously offering them your your program or your service. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with um, that, everything you just said there, but especially at the start, I think I think that becomes a bit of a pitfall um, for new coaches that start out that have literally no marketing, entrepreneurial background, which is a lot of coaches you know you've got a lot of um, coaches that come from nutrition or life coaching and they don't have any of those marketing skills and they just have this very traditional view of how they sell your service and you put up a post exactly what you said $100 for a coaching session first of all you're not going to make any money if you're only charging $100 and you're only doing one session and then second of all yeah it's just like it is just promo posts you see people that set up Facebook business pages and all they do is promo posts but people like like I try and tell my audience and my community that people don't join your page or like your page to see your promo posts they're there for as you said themselves like you know they want to know what they can learn and I think this is why like the success rate of new coaches starting out is so dismal um because people don't know those skills they don't know that you need to build an audience and yeah I suppose get, get, get those people in and obviously there's there's various marketing strategies that you can use use building your email list um, but in terms of network marketing and um, you know approaching people I think people have like a nerve around and uh, feel quite nervous around like actually approaching people like how, what suggestions have you got because um, a lot of things are being done online and through Facebook and if you see somebody on Facebook that you think you could help do like etiquette-wise, what's your thoughts on how you approach that situation? Yeah, that's a really good question because it ties in perfectly and the amount of limiting beliefs there are around sales is the same around marketing. And to be honest, I've always thought that marketing isn't my strong point. And when I'm, I've actually just invested heavily in a marketing coach to be able to dig deeper into, um, you know, where I want to go to take it to the next level. Um, but, you know, it, it hurts my brain. Um, it's like learning all these things about, you know, landing pages and um, funnels and stuff like that. It's There's a lot of tech involved and there's a lot involved. But starting out, like you just said, with networking with people, connecting with people, you don't need to worry about funnels and landing pages and all the um, complicated things. Just start out with something. And if I can grow my business to 600000 with organic marketing, yeah. then... You know, a lot of new coaches can definitely grow to a hundred thousand um, with these kind of strategies. Yes. Yeah. To answer your question, the biggest thing that I've done is connect with people in Facebook groups. Yeah. Now, a bit longer paid advertising just definitely has its place and it works well. But if you're, um, if you choose a few groups that you post in regularly, 
and you're not just posting, you know, those um, posts that really look like you're, you're selling. Yeah. 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 But you're actually going in there. Perfect example. I made a connection with someone last excuse me, last night, um, I commented on a post and some the post was someone saying, would you rather um, would you rather work 30 hours a week and make $100,000 or work 60 hours a week and make a million? And I said, why not work 30 hours a week and make a million? And <laughs> someone commented on that and she said, oh, great point. I love your attitude. And so I looked at her profile and I thought, oh, this is someone I really want to um, connect with. And I sent her a friend request. And um, and then I started chatting with her on Facebook. I actually ended up getting on a Zoom call with her this morning. And she's now um, connected with me. Like, we just really resonated. And she's offered me a regular contributor spot on the Good Men Project, um, which is a, a really big um, blog site. And also talked to me about a few other blog sites that would really be up my alley and getting me into those as well. So, you know, I didn't go in there saying, hey I'm looking to you know write articles or whatever but because that's been on the top of my mind I saw this person's you know comment I saw her picture I saw what she does and I, I formed that connection with her yes and I didn't go it's the thing you don't want to post or form connections with people going oh this could be a client or this yes you want to look at people and go oh wow this person looks awesome you know we did the same thing right yes yeah um, we connected through a group as well and it's like going into it just going this looks like a cool person maybe yeah. connect with them and see what they do and what I found from doing that is those connections end up being um, you know podcast interviews they end up being clients they end up being opportunities speaking um, or even just great friendships you know yes yeah. and so yeah I guess going into it with without thinking this could be X. Um, and then also not just posting in groups, but posting in groups where you're giving value, not just yeah. talking about what it is you do. And then actually going on to other people's threads and commenting on there and connecting with people there and taking that next step by actually then, um, you know, I get friend requests every single day, but I also send people friend requests too. And then yeah. actually sending them a message and say, hey, thanks so much for connecting. How are you? And yeah. that might next one or you might want to take it a step further and do a little video or an audio message to yes. make it personal uh, and then you know show that you've actually looked at their page and you know you might be interested in where they live or what they do or a post they've put up recently yeah and that then leads on from you know one thing to another yeah it's so true because if you're just treating the person like a human you know I think people try and make it something that it really doesn't need to be it's like how would you if you bumped into somebody in a bar like how would you talk to them like consider it the same thing like i think people just make it too much of a, a stigma or something because they think that they think that they're trying to sell to them i think that's another mindset barrier like you know is it i'm worried that they think that i'm trying to sell to them when i'm not like i'm just trying to you know connect and yeah. see what happens from there and um, so I think yeah I think that's really interesting so and I think this is a really interesting conversation as well in terms of you know especially for people who are starting out and they don't have the budget to be pumping into Facebook advertising and although that is a really effective as you said um, method of getting um, you know clients and getting building an email list and um, it's not necessary as well there's a lot of people making a lot of money 
just by yeah. spending the time. And obviously, I always kind of say it's it's time or money, or you can do a bit of both if you have a yeah. bit of if you have a bit of both. Like as in, yeah. I don't know what's your thoughts. I I like to do a bit of both. Yeah. You, you never know when things are going to change um, exactly. in the marketing I, world. Exactly, I agree. I think don't put your eggs all in one basket. I'm yeah. Right about that this morning. She had a really good Facebook ad that was working really well until it wasn't. Yeah. And because it was working well, she stopped doing other things. And yeah. so I got the advice of, yeah, don't put your eggs all in one basket. Do a few different things. And even when things are working well, don't get complacent, still do the work. Because yes. otherwise if you stop, then it, it will stop working at some stage. Yes. So, I think it's good to do both. I think if you're doing Facebook advertising, start with a small amount, test it, make sure it works first, and then put more money into it. Yes. Don't put the money into it before you've tested it because it could flop and just lose a lot of money. Yes. Um, but also, Facebook advertising actually works better when you've built a list and when you've built a following and given that value. So if you're doing both in conjunction with each other, it's going to work better anyway. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, um, yeah, cause you just never know when things are going to change that Facebook is always, is always like yeah, changing its game and you know, yeah. I'm sure it'll always exist in some form, but yeah, you yeah. just, you just never know like, um, what's the next big thing that's going to come along. So, you know, if you yeah. want to have a successful coaching business in 10 years, you're not sure what's going to happen. So you're better. And um, I suppose that the foundations of selling and marketing are always going to be the same. Just sorry, my, my son is just, the sun is just rising here in Perth. So I'm literally just getting sun in my face. I'm just going to move this over here a bit. Um, so yeah, like things are always going to change. Things are always going to change, but the marketing foundations are never going to change. You know, it's always about yeah. being in a relationship. It's always about coming from a place of like authenticity, and like I suppose, no matter what, they're they're always going to be key. Like if you read like some of the marketing books from the early nineteen hundreds and stuff like that, they yeah. talk about the exact same things that are still exactly. applicable to today. So um, yeah. I think that's really important. Um, another thing I want to chat to you, Ellie about is, and I think this is what comes up for a lot of people. You know, you get people on your strategy call or your discovery call and then it comes down to and um, you know the point of the call where you're explaining your offer and then you get hit with the objections you know I need yeah. to talk to my partner and I yeah. don't have the money or people are like <gasps> you know you're charging whatever three thousand or five thousand and people like yes and that's and then that's the tendency for coaches then to retreat or try and justify yeah. their offer so maybe first of all can we talk about like getting confident around pricing or saying yeah. your price and then maybe we can move on to some of the objections so what advice yeah. or what have you experienced from other from working with other coaches when it comes to um, telling um, telling your pricing yeah so I think with pricing it's even when pricing your programs or, or services, I think it's important when you're just starting out, you don't need to go with thousands of dollars for your program. You know, it doesn't need to be a lot of people are like, Oh, well, if I value myself or if the program's, you know, good enough to be at that level, then I need to charge $2,000 or $5,000 or whatever it is. You don't, when you're just starting out, feel free to go with something that is a lower price point because you, you're just getting the runs on the board and it's got to be an amount that, um, you know, scares you a little bit, but not so much that you're just going to not sell it or you're going to get on a phone call and then end up discounting it or not being confident in offering it. Yeah. Um, 
I totally agree with that, Ellie. Sorry, before you go on, I just wanted yeah, to. Yeah. I, that's what I, you're probably one of the first people I've ever heard say that because it's something that I only had a conversation with one of my clients the other day, and I thought I literally was the only one that thought that. So I'm actually so happy they said that because I think I've been on so many calls myself where I'm the I'm looking for a coach myself, and they're like, "You need to be charging ten grand for your services and all this." And it's like, well, mm, do you know, is in that's not, do you know. You know, yeah. and that's not where I'm at at the moment, you know, so yeah. I don't want, like, it's not that I don't see value, that I won't be able to give 10, 10 grand worth of yeah. value right now, but right now, I'm not at 10 grand worth of value, exactly. and yeah. you're getting on a, co- like, you know, you know, I've been, I've, I'm working with a client at the moment, and they don't want to charge thousands and thousands, I'm like, yeah, well, you pick a price that you think is, like, you want yeah. to, you think, so I'm delighted yeah. that you've actually said that, that there's somebody else saying that, because I worried that I was giving the wrong <laughs> advice, because, yeah, yeah I hear so often you need to be charging blah blah yeah. blah and I do get the point that obviously if you're spending money on Facebook advertising there is a certain amount of money that you're going to have to kind of charge to get your money back on that and stuff but it's kind of finding the balance thing with something that yeah. you feel comfortable with but um, yeah but sorry I've probably ruined you I'm sorry That's to ruin really your talk I just wanted to like say thank you for saying that yeah and I do I do hear a lot of people saying it as well so uh, of like charging some crazy amount that someone just they don't have the mindset to be able to do that yet yeah you've got to step into that place where you're able to but you've got to have the runs on the board as well yes it's easier to sell something higher end if you've already got client results and if you've been in the game a bit longer as well yes Um, so you know and you can have different levels of programs you know i have three main main offerings where i have a low-end offering for people who are just starting out um that's definitely affordable for them and it helps them to be able to get to the level where they can do more with me or they get great results and then i have a mid-level program and a high-end program so people don't need to start out with three levels start with one fill that up get good at it and then you can add on a you know say a a mid-level and a high-end from there yes um but yeah i do going back to what we were just talking about i think if you if you're like say someone's told you to sell a five thousand dollar program and you're not believing in it yet you're gonna be hitting your head against a wall not selling any of them or not even offering it because all these beliefs come up and you just stay paralyzed yeah so it's you know i would rather sell 20 $1,000 $1,000 things or $2,500 things than selling no $5,000 things. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So start with that and build up from there. Um, and with with pricing as well, uh, I guess I guess leading into the objection question as well, if someone's bringing up um, – money objection or or they're scared of the price or you you know you're having a great conversation and then they just go silent when you mention the price it's usually because you haven't built enough value or rapport in the conversation so <clears throat> making sure there's rapport from the beginning um and you do that you can do that through you know common common things things you have in common you can do that through your tonality from sharing your own story getting them to open up about theirs if it's a a video call or face-to-face you can also do that through body language as well yeah Uh, and so you've really got to dig into the pain of where they're at because if you don't dig into the pain enough they're still in denial and they think that it's not a big enough problem and so of course they're not going to spend the money on something that they think that they could probably do themselves or it's not a big enough problem yeah they can't do it themselves because they're still stuck they've been trying to do it themselves and that's why they're on that call 
you know. Yeah. So, uh, and, and, yeah, it's just really digging into and, and noticing the red flags. So I call these things the red flags where throughout the conversation, if someone's mentioned, oh, yeah, you know, I'd really love to do blah, 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 but cash flow is really bad at the moment or that, you know, you got to work hard for money or, you know, any of those beliefs, if you notice them throughout the conversation, don't let them slide. Don't let them go until the end. Otherwise, you'll end up with a heap of objections at the end. Notice these objections or notice these beliefs throughout the conversation and nip them in the butt right there. Yeah. And so if you're saying, hey, I just wanted to stop for a moment. Now, I'm, I, I, you know, if I find that we're a good fit and you think so as well and we want to work together, then that's great. I'm not going to go into what I can offer you yet, but I just wanted to mention you've said a few times that cash flow is a problem right now. Now, you've obviously got onto this call for a reason and you understand that if we work together, there's going to be an investment of not only money, but time and effort. And so I know you've mentioned cash flow. So is this something that you feel, obviously, if it's the right fit that you can invest in at the moment? Um, otherwise, maybe it's a conversation for another time. And yeah. if they're like, oh, no, 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 I do see the value in this, you know, if it's the right fit and, and whatever, I do want to work with you, um, then that's like awesome. Just wanted to, you know, address that now yeah uh, so we can keep going yeah, um, yeah and that way you're not dealing with like five or ten different objections at the end that yes solved already beforehand yes yes or even if you haven't solved it you're loosening the grip yes yeah exactly and I think a big one that comes up for a lot of coaches is I need to talk to my partner or you know I can't make this decision for myself you know what suggestions do you have for people to overcome those sorts of objections yeah that's a big one so uh and I find it's more so women than men which makes me feel a bit sick actually that women have to ask permission um from a male to to do something you know and especially if someone's talking to someone who is a powerful woman so someone is a leader in their field or is a coach or, you know, if you're doing business coaching or something like that, it's like, well, you you know, are you stepping into your power and actually addressing that with them? You know, do you feel that you need permission from someone else or do you make your own decisions? Yeah. Uh, That's suitable for some situations, not necessarily for others. But I just wanted to to make that because make that point. Um, I I have a partner. We've been together almost nine years. Uh, I don't ask his permission. I I might discuss things with him, but I just signed up for a $5,000 a month marketing coach. I didn't ask him about that. He's just like, oh, yeah, you do what you want. You know, I did ask, um, I did ask him about things in the beginning because he was the one making the money and I was trying to start my business. But now I support our family of four. Um, So, you know, whilst, whilst it's okay to have a discussion with your partner or significant other, um, I think it's, you shouldn't need to ask permission. Yeah. Uh, Just wanted to make that point first, but From there, what I usually say, um, I'm going to use health and fitness as an example because this is an area that I used to work in. Uh, basically, when someone says, oh, yeah, I really love to do it, but I just need to check with my husband. And it's like, okay, cool. So do you feel that your husband supports you with your health and fitness goals? And if they say, oh, yeah, he, he wants me you know, to be healthy and happy and, and all the rest of it, it's like awesome. So if you go to him, do you think he's going to say yes and support you with this? And they say, oh, yeah, 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 he definitely will. 
okay, awesome. So what I'll do, I'll take down, I'm not going to process anything right now, but once you've got the go ahead and, you know, everything's fine from that conversation with your husband, um, then we can obviously get started if everything's cool there. But what I'm going to do to show that you are serious right now is take down your details. Like I said, I'm not going to process anything, but that's just going to show your level of commitment and it's going to save your spot in the program. Yeah. Uh, so was that on Visa or MasterCard? And yeah, yeah. Fuck the hell up. <laughs> you yeah. Don't, you don't keep going. You don't justify. You shut up and wait for them to answer. Yeah. And if they're like, oh, okay, yep, I'll just grab it, then that's awesome. And then yeah. you make a time to call them back when they've spoke to the husband. Um, you don't let them call you back. You actually make that solid time. Yeah. Now, if don't give you their card details, then they're like, oh, oh, I don't, don't know where my card is, or I don't want to give you my details. I'll just, I'll just talk to him first. It's like, okay. So what I found, and I'm not saying you're doing this necessarily, but what I found is with some people, they use someone outside of them, someone else, as a reason they can't do things when really they're not a hundred percent sure in themselves if they can do it. So I want to make sure that you're a hundred percent sure yourself that there's nothing left on the table because I don't want you to be a maybe I want you to be a yes or a no okay and if you're a no that's fine and I wish you well and I hope you reach your goals if you're a yes awesome because that means I can help you get there so much faster than you can yourself but if you're a maybe you're staying stuck yeah. and we don't fall in the same place for very long we if we're not working on moving forwards we actually go backwards yeah and I don't want that for you whether we work together or not I don't want you to be a maybe so I want you to get everything out on the table right now, you know, anything else that's holding you back, uh, anything else you're worried about, let's address it right now because I can help you move forwards with that, whether we work together or not. So that's one way you can go down that path. Um, but another thing that I usually say as well is um, you've got to go into that conversation with your husband knowing that you want to do this because if you go into that conversation umming and ahhing, thinking scared of the price, scared of something else that we haven't addressed today, then he's going to pick up on that and he's going to say no. Whereas if you go into that conversation going, I just had this amazing conversation about my health and fitness. I really want to do this. This is what's involved. This is how much it costs. You know, will you support me in this? Then he's going to say yes because he wants you to be healthy and happy, right? Yeah. He'll say yes. Um, now, the only other thing on that, I know I've mentioned a few things, but it's like you don't need to say all of that. You go down yeah. whatever path is relevant. Um, the only other thing I have had people in the past say, no, my partner doesn't support me with my goals. Yes, yeah, that's it, because some people won't let you and won't let them invest yeah. or whatever, yeah. Yeah, so then part of it is taking responsibility for your own actions and just doing it, you know, anyway and, and proving them that you can do it. But the other part is you could then filter in a story, whether it's your own story or something a client has experienced that relates to that. So this is a really good way to overcome objections when you're sharing something. It's really like a metaphor, you know, yeah. person or I have experienced this. This is where I used to be. This is where I am now. And it relates exactly to their objection. Yeah. So what I used to use with um, health and fitness was I would say, oh, I totally relate. My partner, um, he's always been skinny. He's never had to worry about his weight. He doesn't understand me spending money on my health and fitness because he just – he can eat whatever he wants and he's never had a struggle with his weight. Whereas I look at a piece of cake and I gain two kilos. Yeah. And, um, so, you know, he doesn't get it when I go and talk to him, but 
he does want me to be happy. And I'm sure your partner wants you to be happy, right? And you can even make a joke. Like, do you think you'd be happy if you're like feeling sexy and confident and strutting around in like lingerie and he's getting more sex? You know, like you can, you can yeah, say yeah. a joke about it. Yeah. And, you know, there's going to be something where, you know, they're going to relate to that. Yeah. Um, there, there's, you know, multiple different ways that you can address the, the partner one. And I've, I've gone through a few different paths there because it is probably that and money are probably the biggest objections that people will get. Yes, yeah. And I do I do think when, I think I, I always think that money is never an issue if you really want something and you really believe that you can, you can achieve it, I suppose, because there's people that can't afford can't afford um, certain things yet they'll go off and buy a thousand dollar pair of shoes yeah you know things like that like I, I'm getting married up, uh, this year and I, I'm in some Facebook groups wedding Facebook groups and there's like people asking questions about like trying to save money on say the cake but then next post a week later they put up like they've just bought like Jimmy shoes I'm like they're 900 bucks you were on a cake last week do you know what I'm saying so I wouldn't trust myself with Jimmy shoes <laughs> oh look, I, you know, I tried them on and I was like look I really want to just see why as if because if they're way more comfortable I might consider getting them and I thought yeah. I'm like they're gorgeous but like they're so uncomfortable I can't like I can't do it like I just yeah can't do it. like if they literally made my feet feel like cushions I would like yeah I, mean, I could get it but I just don't get the chewy show I think it's just get the name yeah so the point of the matter is yeah. that people will pay the money it doesn't matter like as a yeah. I've seen um so many of my friends and family and people in Ireland go through the recession really bad recession in Ireland over the last 10 years and yet yeah. they can still form find ways to buy the buy the the iPhone the newest iPhone and yeah, you know exactly. the, we, get their get things done Totally. We, we make time and we find money for the things that are a priority and in line yeah. with our values. Yeah. And so it's helping someone to get out of that place of denial and get them into a place of like, wow, just, I need this and looking at where they're going to be if they don't take that action today and looking at where they will be if they do take that step forwards. Yeah. And the thing with people is belief. And I say to people as well, you don't need 100% belief to get started. You just need to believe in yourself enough to take that first step. Yes, yes, it's so true. And I think that I think um, the last thing I wanted to ask you about as well, Ellie, is the, um, the objection when it comes to they, so just say, for example, the, I know for me, when I, one of my, about one of my very first opportunities to get um, coach. I I knew that I wanted to, that I was willing to put in the work and that I would do whatever it took, but I wasn't confident in the process that they were offering me that it would be worth the money. So how, like how, how do you overcome that type of objection in terms of people saying, well, can you guarantee I'm going to get results? Because yeah. I think that's something that comes up for, um, for yeah. coaches. Definitely. So something I do, you can offer a money back guarantee within, you know, a certain time frame. Yeah. You can do all the work. Um, you, so some people can offer that. You might not want to offer it. Either way is fine. Um, but what I usually guarantee is, is that if someone does the work, they're going to get results, you know? Yeah. It's like you can't expect to buy a gym membership and never turn up and be like, oh, I'm still overweight, right? Yeah, yeah. 
if someone jumps on the group calls, if someone does the one-on-one, if someone goes through the modules, if someone, you know, actually does the work and takes action, they're going to get results. They can't not get results. But obviously, if you don't do the work, they're not going to get results. Yeah. so getting that level of commitment from someone in knowing that they are ready to take action and building that commitment through the conversation and and not not trying to come from a place of desperation and trying to sell yourself to that person getting them to sell you getting getting them to sell themselves I mean not you but getting them to sell themselves in yes they are committed yes they are going to do the work yes they are going to be your best clients or or whatever else you know yeah and um and then from there it's like it's also making sure that your offering fits with what they say that they need you know this is why it's helpful to have different offerings at times as well because i know if someone is already making ten thousand dollars a month and they've worked on their personal development and they're doing quite well in their business and they want to scale to multi six figures or seven figures and uh do speaking and retreats and influence and all that kind of stuff they'd be perfect for my high level program my vip mastermind now if i've sold them my low end it's it's a mismatch you know vice versa as well if someone's just starting out and i try and sell them you know make six figures or make seven figures it's not the right fit yes program the offering not only the result that they get but what's included in it is their one-on-one is their group coaching is there an event or retreat is there modules um that they can work through at their own time is their lifetime access to those modules you know looking at those things and tying it into instead of just going into the sale of like, okay, you get this, this, and this, and it costs this much, looking at what they've told you they need, their goals, their struggles they're facing, and going, okay, well, you actually get a Facebook um, support group to ask questions throughout the week. So that's going to help you network with other people in different industries. You'll have that community of people who can give you advice and support and really be surrounded by like-minded people who are going to help you get to your goals faster than you can yourself. Um, And like you said before, you're feeling a bit lonely working at home by yourself. This will actually give you that community that you've been wanting and craving. Yes. Um, Also have my support and my team's support as well. So I'm not just saying, oh, there's a Facebook group included. I'm tying it into what they've said that they want and what they'll get out of it yes yeah no that's fantastic that's all of that advice is so valuable thank you so much ellie and have you any parting words of wisdom for us before i leave you go yeah sure so i guess uh, to wrap up with sales it's about letting go of your stuff it's not about you and just being 100 percent present with that person um showing up every day from a place of authenticity and actually wanting to help people rather than thinking what can i get out of this thinking how can i help someone today and i guess even just after watching this um people have been watching this or listening to it don't just get inspired or motivated by this go and take action today go and connect with a certain number of people and have that as your goal to connect with you know three people a day or five people a day or whatever it is and genuinely care about them genuinely be interested in them and what they're doing and and then from there um starting to you know every day giving value with your with your offerings with what you're doing getting people on phone calls don't just 
plaster your services or your prices on an audio message or on a, you know, a Facebook chat or whatever, actually getting their phone number, getting on the phone so you can build that rapport and take it to the next step and help them move forwards. But, you know, the biggest thing is letting go of your own stuff, realizing it's not about you, letting go of those limiting beliefs so you can show up from a place of transparency, authenticity and just wanting to make a difference in the world. Yes, that's a really good summary. That's fantastic, and I think it's it's so true. Just about like we, you can know all this stuff intellectually, but it's actually about taking action. Like I, I um, saw a good quote the other day. Um, it's the hardest. The hardest car to steer is the parked car. You know, so if you're, you know, if you're not even turned on or ready to go, like it's really hard to go anywhere if you've no idea. Like, if you're not even doing any, like if you're not even starting, you need to start moving in some direction. Like you can steer the car after that. And um, yeah. so I think that's amazing. And look, Ellie, thank you so much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. And like I think um, this conversation is, you know, of massive value for anybody who is really struggling with actually closing sales and, um, you know, just stop thinking of it as icky sales you know you only yeah. sell your product if it's going to actually be of service so it just makes it a lot more easier for you to trust and to get rid of all those mindset blocks and believe in your product exactly exactly yeah brilliant look thank you so much ellie and and um, we will chat to you soon awesome thanks so thanks. much thanks bye bye